Hello and welcome to the Rooted in the Really Real podcast. Get ready to go on a journey of knowledge, growth, healing, and prayer rooted in our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now let's dive in. I think we need to start with a confession. All right. And the confession is, we are celebrating Christmas today, but we did not heed our own advice, and it's still technically Advent. It's true. But it was a great day. And Jesus still loves us, right? He does. He does. You're here, we're celebrating Christmas, and we thought, why not record a short episode just on Christmas, trying to talk about what's important, kind of some few main points to consider to try to have a good Christmas season in all the busyness and the chaos of Christmas, but then also like after December 25th when the cultural high kind of wears off and we're left with maybe a little disappointment or kind of depressed outlook on life because it is now very cold and it's going to start snowing and we're going to get that polar vortex when it's negative 20 degrees with the wind chill and all of a sudden it's like, oh, we don't have the Christmas joy to distract us. But in reality, it is still Christmas for quite a while. So where do you want to start with that? Well, I think I think the very first thing is is that we want to remember that Christmas is very much this this gift of God to us. This is the great the greatest miracle uh, that God that God performs by He Himself sending the second person of the Trinity into the world to enter into the the human story, right? Uh, to to redeem the human story, and He does so as this little child, this this little babe, who who really in a, in a very just in such a fortuitous way, the way that the Lord orders all things, right? So he's born in Bethlehem, like the house of bread, and he's born in a manger, literally, which is a trough upon which the animals feed. And then we think about like, well, what does this symbolize? What does this point to? Well, it points really in a, in a foreshadowing of, of, of Easter, right? So like the, thing, the first thing I want to talk about with, with Christmas is that Christmas points towards Easter. It really points us towards like where we're going and that the fact that Christ is coming into the world in this gentle way for us. And because he's coming in this gentle way, it's so much easier for us to receive him. And I think to myself, like every every Christmas, I think to myself, you know, Lord, like help me to receive you as that little child and have no walls, no barriers, no obstacles to, to my encounter with your love with your tenderness, with your your joy and your kindness uh, towards me. And I remember um, and I remember being on my uh, on a retreat and that was really the place that I spent a couple of days just playing praying with the nativity and praying there in the manger. And Joseph was like, hey Stephen, do you want to help me get water? For Mary and for Jesus, and I was like, "Well, sure, why not?" I mean, like, I can, I can do this, right? So I go there, and I'm try. I tell Joseph, "I'll carry the bucket." Now, mind you, I'm like six years old in this this period of prayer, and and I spill the water everywhere before we get back, and I'm so angry and I'm so upset, and I'm just like, like, what good is this? Like, I can't do anything for Jesus, and and Joseph sees it, and Joseph he he looks at me, he goes, "Well, how about we try to do?" what you can do. And so we go back to the well and Joseph draws water again and he gives me a little cup, just a little cup. And we walk back um, to, to the manger. He's carrying the pail and I'm carrying this little cup of water. And when we enter the manger, Mary looks at me and she looks at me just with this delight, just this little, this, this wonderful smile. 
And she says, thank you for doing what you can. Thank you for, for just doing this for my son, this little gesture of kindness. And I give her the, the glass of this little glass of water. And then she goes, would you hold him while, while I drink this water? And I think this is really, really the beauty of it. Like whenever we do something small, right, the, we're invited to give that little something to, to our lady who then gives to us her son. And it's this beautiful exchange, this beautiful tenderness uh, that's there. And, and I just want to, I, I just think about this every Christmas of of how in in God's goodness and God's mercy and, and in humility, I've been invited and, and you've been invited to this this most sacred of places, and we're not asked to do a great thing, right? But to do something, whatever it is that we're able to do in response, right? And so in my case, it was a little cup of water. That I just got to bring to to Mary, and then in exchange for the cup of water, I got to hold Jesus, and it truly is uh, one of the places I go back to every every Christmas. Yeah, what I've been thinking about is we had a whole episode on Advent and preparing our ha- hearts for Advent, and ideally, in my mind, I would be like so at peace and not busy at all during Advent, and just like praying and preparing my heart. And I I did my best. I I tried. Like, there was a lot of good prayer this Advent, but there's, like, so much busyness and noise still, you know, in the world. And what I love about the Christmas season is to the world, it's over. It's non-existent. There is no Christmas season, you know? It's just the 25th and we're done. On the 26th, 27th, you see, like, Christmas trees on the curb, you know? Like, to the world, Christmas is over, but to us... Advent might have been a time of of chaos, and we tried, and we we were like, here I am, Lord, like, I want to be doing more for you, or I want to be having a more intentional Advent. You know, like, I bought an Advent devotional, and I only, like, read the first couple pages. Like, it might have, like, it might have crept up on us fast, especially because this year our Advent season is so short. But I think what's really beautiful is there's this, like, hidden from the world Christmas season we celebrate as Catholics, where... The 25th is just the beginning, and so it's almost like a another chance. If our Advent was super busy, or we didn't like what, what our Advent was, or we feel like we couldn't give the Lord everything, like, season. the Christmas season is a time where we can receive what Jesus wants to give us, and he gives us himself, and I think it's it's such a time, like, as I've been reflecting on it, like, I have this tendency to want to do so much, and I want to, like, give the Lord so much, and... You know, maybe there's some like I have to prove myself in it or I have to impress him or I don't know. There's like this list of things. And I just want to give the Lord everything. But it's like Christmas is coming. And a lot of times we don't think about it unless we're very intentional. But just this Christmas season is such an invitation to receive, I think, from the Lord, just to receive everything he has for us, not to overcomplicate it, not to try to like do too much, but just to acknowledge like the gift that he wants to give us. And I think the Christmas season too is filled with so many good feast days. Um, and just acknowledgments of of like the Holy Family, of Mary, it's just a good good time. I think just to be present and still and listen. I think Advent is like this quiet season when we're trying to prepare our hearts and still our hearts in the busyness. But Christmas too, I think, is a good time just to adore Jesus and receive from Him. You know, acknowledge what's before us, and like we don't, we can't do anything to receive the gift. I can't increase my own merit like by doing anything like he just wants to give himself to us i just think there's a lot of space for everybody to 
receive something during Christmas. Absolutely. And and the way that the this these next days are laid out with St. Stephen and St. John, Holy Innocence, the Holy Family, Mary, Mother of God, the Epiphany, and the Baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, right? These days are are designed are not designed, but in God's providence, these days uh, lay out for us the fruit of that gift of receptivity, right? We see in Saint Stephen the, the the fruit of the fruit of his his encounter with Jesus and his love for Jesus is his his martyrdom, which then brings about later on the conversion of Saint Paul. Or we see John the Evangelist who who writes the gospel in his letters and the book of Revelation, right? We see in him this this fruit that comes out of, of placing his head upon the breast of Jesus at the Last Supper, which you and I at at Christmas time were able to let Jesus really in a very beautiful way lay his lay his head against our own breasts and just to receive from him this gift of intimacy and love. And then you have like the Holy Innocence, right? And I find the Holy Innocence to be such a moving day for me every year. And it oftentimes moves me to tears because of how the world um, just just denies the sanctity of the gift of life and how the world simply steps on the most vulnerable of society because it is afraid. It is literally afraid of what might happen if they were able to, to be to be given the fullness of life and able to live their life to fruition and completion. And so it always moves me, um, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. And one of my favorite, though, is just the Feast of the Holy Family. And the reason that it's one of my favorites is because, again, right, you and I are invited to the manger. We're invited into the home of Jesus and Mary and Joseph. We're invited to to learn and to to be taught how to live in relationship within the context of family. And I don't, I don't know about you, but if, if you have difficulty with one of your parents, right, there is this beautiful home in Nazareth that you and I are invited to where, where the Father in heaven has given us uh, par- adoptive parents to take care of us and to help raise us, to help teach us how to live in the freedom and to help teach us how to cope and how to soothe our emotions and to teach us how to really, to, to really be honest with ourselves and to know that there's safety and security in the love of God. And then we have um, the feast of our of Mother Mary, Mother of God, or the, the Theotokos, right, which which is, uh, as the Eastern Catholics will say, in that one title alone is um, all of the other titles that we give to Mary. Because in order for her to be the mother of God, she must be immaculately conceived and she must be a perpetual virgin. And we go through all the different dogmas of Mary and the different teachings on the Blessed Mother, and they're all summed up in this this one title uh, on January 1st. And then we have the the epiphanies, right? These different moments where Jesus makes known his divinity and his glory, right? So the first one is we have epiphany where the wise men come led by the star or the magi really come led by the star to, to make known the person who is before them to those who, who have not yet heard. And we have at, at the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, we see in that beautiful gift an invitation for ourselves to, to hear the words of the Father spoken to us, who through baptism receive this gift of adoption, that this is my beloved Son. And then lastly, we have oftentimes, depending on the year, you have the, the, the transformation of water into wine at the wedding feast of Cana, which begins the, minist- the, 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 the ministry of Jesus, his public ministry. And so these days, these days are packed with invitation. 
they're packed with invitation for us to receive, to, to let ourselves make known to Jesus uh, the, the sorrow, the heaviness, the burdens of our hearts, and to receive this gift of, of the Lord coming to us. And maybe you can't receive Jesus in, in his older years, his adult years, but oftentimes there's this, this ability to receive this child and to, to, to hold him close to our hearts and to ask for the grace to, to receive him in all those places uh, where, where we have struggled, all those places where there's sin, all those places where there's self-reliance, all those places that we have tried to prove to God why we would be worthy of his love. And when, you know, just as I learned, like all, all the Lord wants of us is to receive, to receive a gift that none of us is worthy of, um, but to taste and to see that just his goodness for us and towards us. Like the Lord is always present and always inviting us and always giving us things, you know, like I, I know that's true, but there's something special I think about the Christmas season where he's like very available to us. There's there's so much in these feast days that you just went through where it's like he wants to teach us something. He wants to make himself like present. He wants He wants us to receive everything he has for us. I think Drew and I are having a little epiphany party this year. We're trying to like recognize like liturgically we're still in the Christmas season and this is something to celebrate. And I think it's just there's so many good feast days. You know, I think it was last year we didn't have the Feast of the Holy Family because Christmas and Sundays. Yeah, it was on a Sunday the way that it fell. But like I'm excited to have that this year. And it's like, yeah, the Holy Family, there's like so much. The first thing I think of when I think of the Holy Family, like together in that unit is security, right? Like there's so much like unity and security and like Jesus being able to do everything and also being like in this family. And nobody nobody else on earth, nobody listening to this podcast, nobody in the history of time has a perfect family, right? Nobody's the holy family. But like we can all receive from them. We can all ask ask the holy family to intercede for our families. I think most people would agree that their family has like some level of dysfunction some some level of disunity and we can this year try to be maybe a little more intentional on that feast of the holy family to ask the holy family to intercede for us to really give ourselves to them there's consecrations to mary there's consecrations to saint joseph there's like a just a surrender needed i think i think we can think sometimes that you know this family member's too far gone or this family member's like you know the black sheep of the family and this family member's the troublemaker and like there's all these dynamics at play but have we really like submitted surrendered like a member of our family to to Mary you know to Joseph like interceding and and, and praying for our parents and praying for our siblings and there's just like so much chaos in the world and Satan wants to attack the family, right? And I just think like the holy, the feast of the holy family in particular during this Christmas season is such a valuable one for us to be able to be a little bit more present and intentional of just not doing more, but just really being vulnerable with the Lord, being vulnerable with Mary and St. Joseph and just being like, I can't do it. You know, like we cannot fix our families. We cannot heal all the brokenness. We cannot do anything on our own, but the Holy Family is present and real and alive and and interceding and they're 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 here in our life. Like Saint Joseph wants to intercede for fathers and, and good families and, and Mary is so readily available to give things to the Lord um on our behalf. I think 
if anything, it's just it's just another invitation to give everything to the Lord, to let go of stuff. I think there's so much unforgiveness in families, so much unforgiveness and harboring resentments and stuff. And maybe this Christmas season is like something different where we we try. We maybe we can't just like forgive on our own, but we we try to to ask for that grace ask for the intercession of the Holy Family to help us want to or begin to take those steps in forgiving members of our family. There's just a lot on my heart with the Holy Family this year. I feel like this Christmas season is a good invitation for that and just to be present and ponder that. And I think even in all in that lines of forgiveness is even asking for the grace to release whatever it is we're holding against those people. Uh, who have hurt us, you know, and, and, and rightfully, like rightfully so, like this is a challenging thing to do because the hurts are real. The hurts are very, very real. Um, you know, the, the other thing I just want to just touch base on is like one of the best ways to honor these, these next days of Christmas are, is to take time every day to express what you're grateful for. That spirit of gratitude disposes the heart to be receptive in so many ways to the love of Jesus, to the love of the Holy Family. And and I can tell you, right, so often we go through life and we're like, well, I don't know, you know, where the Lord was in those moments. And and I just want to encourage you, right, that the Lord was there. Like he was there. And the reason that you're here today, the reason I'm here today, is because in those difficult moments it was the Lord who was carrying the brunt of it, which allows us to be here today. And that's, I think, just a really an important thing for us to remember that there's always something to be grateful for. And so I just want to encourage you um, throughout these days, especially to be grateful right, for the gift of our life, for the gift of family, for the gift of children, for the gift of friends, for the gift of work, for the gift of a, of a roof over our head, for the gift of fellowship, and for the gift uh, that God gives us really in his son, Jesus. Because this is all gift. We, we are owed nothing. And and the Lord comes to us in this humility, in this poverty, so that we might be able to receive him. And so, so just, uh, I want to invite you um, just to pray with me uh, just a moment um, of gratitude. Sure. Almighty God, I, I thank you for, for the gifts that you have given to me, for the gift of my faith, for the gift of family, for the gift of friends. I thank you for the difficulties which have called me to you, for the challenges which have, have made me rely on you and not myself. And I ask for the courage to, to give myself to you more fully and more freely this Christmas season, to be ever more grateful for your faithfulness and your mercy and your love. Thank you for never leaving me, for never abandoning me, for claiming me as your own beloved son your own beloved daughter, because in baptism, you have promised to be with me forever. We just ask you, Almighty God, to bless all of us this Christmas season, to keep us safe in that love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know we just had the blessing, but I just want to say for anyone listening who maybe doesn't know this, we do have two podcast episodes that we did on forgiveness, one on how to forgive others, and then another episode was how to forgive ourselves. And those, when you look at our podcast stats, were two very popular episodes. I think it really resonates with people that we have a lot of stuff in our hearts, you know, and we need to forgive others. And 
if we're honest with ourselves, we recognize there are a lot of places that we need to forgive ourselves too. And so if you are interested in that or haven't heard of that, want to listen to those, go back and, and find those episodes. I think they're pretty good. So uh, on behalf of Ashley, myself, Drew, and all of uh, all those who have made this podcast possible, we wish you a very Merry Christmas and a blessed New Year. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. You can also follow our Facebook page, Rooted in the Really Real Podcast, and Ashley Poltorek on Instagram for episode information and more. God bless.